The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 22nd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Banditos Fresh Made Daily Kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Once upon a time, a mighty Fighting Irish team rolled into Los Angeles undefeated to play their season finale against USC. That Notre Dame team was led by a shifty, smart, and brimming with confidence quarterback who could extend plays, run when needed, and found open receivers with laser-like accuracy. USC was having a subpar season and was coming off a loss to UCLA. Notre Dame was a big favorite to finish their regular season undefeated. If that story sounds familiar, it should. That was the setup for the 1970 Fighting Irish heading into their season-ending clash at Southern Cal. The parallels to this season are almost eerie. And let's hope those parallels end right there. Because on a rainy night in the Coliseum 48 years ago, a school record 526 yards passing by Joe Theismann were not enough, and the 5-4-1 Trojans ended Notre Dame's dream season 38 to 28. I was 10 years old that day, but I remember the game like it was yesterday, and the loss so upset me that it has been stuck in the craw of my blue and gold brain ever since. Years later, I interviewed Joe Theismann and asked him to remember that 1970 game in the Coliseum, and despite his own record-setting performance that day, he obviously did not care much for talking about it. The lesson to be learned from all of this is that this year's team and fans would be wise to remember 1970 as the 2018 Irish head to USC and look to close out a perfect regular season. 2018? Well, it's been magic. It's exceeded hopes as this team navigated a treacherous 11-game obstacle course and passed each test. Every Saturday has been its own unique brand of Fighting Irish fun. It started with a huge win against Michigan and then survival against Ball State and Vanderbilt. In week four, Ian Book took over the reins and down went Wake Forest. And then down went Stanford with Dexter Williams adding a new dimension. Virginia Tech felt the Irish wrath next in the hokey, hostile environment home stadium. Next up against Pittsburgh, the Irish took a step back but showed grit emerging victorious under pressure. And then they took to demolishing Navy, taking out Northwestern on the road and dominating Florida State with Brandon Winbush back for a game. When last week the Irish went to 11-0 in Yankee Stadium with Ian Book back and the defense putting it all together against Syracuse. Through 11 games, the minefield has been cleared. But one obstacle remains in the Irish quest for regular season perfection, a trip to Los Angeles to play a so-so USC team, and the Irish are big favorites. Remember 1970. Banditos with four Fort Wayne locations, a Boyd, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority at Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, Star Bank, and Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer, this is Fighting Irish Preview. 
The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441 8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Star Bank is an Indiana-based community bank known for delivering quality service for the past 75 years. Whether you want to visit one of our convenient locations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday or bank electronically, Star is a full-service financial institution where you can bank wherever you are. Stop by a branch or visit StarFinancial.com to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. So, Tim Priester, now that all has been said and done regarding the decision to give up a home game and travel instead to New York City in November to play the number 12 team in the nation, is Jack Swarbrick a genius or what? I think he's very fortunate, for one thing, that they didn't uh, lose and that they did play well in, in New York. I mean, I don't. I, I think he is. I think he's a genius on a lot of levels as an administrator at Notre Dame. I don't know about moving the game to Yankee Stadium, putting him in the uh, the genius category. But he's done a great job. And the thing that I give him most credit for is that after the 2016 season, uh, a lot of ads would have blown things up. USC may be on the verge of doing that after winning 21 games the last two years. Uh, not saying that they should or shouldn't get rid of Clay Helton, but um, I think he's done a great job, and I think that everybody involved with Notre Dame is very happy. 
that uh, things worked out very well in Yankee Stadium last week. Yeah, obviously on the field, things were great, but it just seemed like everything surrounding it was cool. And as the the game went on, I seemed to like the uniforms more and more, which is also uh, a cool thing. I just got to believe that it was great for the brand. And Jack Swarbrick knew that, and he took a risk, and it it paid off. Now, Tim, it's a very subjective judgment, but you're around this team every day, and I'm wondering if you feel what I am sensing, and that is that this team is a very unusually confident bunch. They play really loose, and they seem to be getting better as the season rolls on, and I'm not sure that has really been a trademark of Brian Kelly teams in the past. Is it possible that they may be getting ready to play their best football for a championship run? Well, certainly this is a, is shaping up to be a great November for them, and it has not been an earmark of a Brian Kelly program. But I just, you know, it sounds simple, it sounds trite, but the whole idea and, and the players we're talking about again on Wednesday when we when we met with most of the leaders of the team, that you know they they really truly can grasp and hold on to the notion that if you just take it one step at a time into the next play, into the next practice, into the next meeting, and don't look ahead to anything, and just take what's coming next, take it in stride and, and enjoy it for what it's worth. They're finding that the whole grind isn't as difficult because you're not you don't have the weight of the world and the weight of everything on your shoulders. It's just that one step at a time. And like I said, it sounds trite and cliche, but it's really something that they've latched onto and I think is is working for them. Well, it's something that actually Brian Kelly, I think, really got focused on talking about uh, after the 2016 season, and it's taken a couple of years, but it's it's amazing how focused this team seems to be. As I've been telling folks this week, the Irish aren't surviving this November. They are thriving this November. Uh, and, and as long as we're looking at the big picture for this team, let's try this one. 2012 undefeated regular season team compared to this season's team. And let's break down the offenses and the defenses separately. I'll give you some stats. First, offense. In 2012, the Irish, they were pretty balanced. Everett Golson, the trigger man, uh, with some help from Tommy Reese. 412 yards per game in total offense. Uh, They scored 25.7 points per game. In 2018, this year also a balanced offense. Uh, more yardage, though, per game with Ian Book and some Brandon Wimbush. 454 yards of total offense and a lot more points, 34.6 points per game. Who do you like between those two offenses? I think I know the answer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at times it was a real struggle in 2012 for them offensively, which is why Tommy Reese was involved at times, sometimes to, to, to close the door for them. But, uh, yeah, I like this one a lot better, Ian Book. Is such a trigger man and can do so much in the passing game. He's made the receiving core around him very, very good. I guess they've helped him as well, but they've gotten better and better from from Fink to Claypool to Boykin uh, to Elise Mack, who's really come on strong. Um, I like it much better now. The 2012 team maybe a little bit more consistent running the football. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to remind me on those numbers exactly. It's a bit. It's a bit hit and miss uh, because this is an offensive line in transition and still is to a large extent. But I think 
you add it all up, and I'd definitely take the 2018 offense. Yeah, I'd give him a little more perhaps on the run side in 2012, but overall balance and, and just more weapons on the field in 2018. Now let's talk about the defense. Uh, Manti Teo in 2012, that defense allowed 305 yards per game and just 12.8 points per game. This year, Tavon Coney, Drew Tranquil, giving up 321 yards per game. That's really not significantly different, but they're giving up 17.3 points. That's a little more significant, uh, not quite a touchdown. Uh, compare those two defenses. Yeah, that was a, 2012 was a great unit, and you know I think you had more you, had, you, you definitely have more NFL prospect-level type players up front. Uh, but yet when you look at this group with what Aquara and, and Kareem and Hayes and what Hillary did, or, uh, Hillary did early in the season, you know, they, they really, from a, from a consistency of the pass rush, they really put more pressure on the quarterback on a more consistent basis. Um, I would lean towards the 2012 group just because of that that scoring number, which at the end of the day is, is the most important one. But I think this group has some assets that that, uh, that really rank right up there with that 2012 group. Uh, no doubt about it. So, all right, maybe we give the edge in 2012 to the defense and the edge in, uh, on the offense to 2018. What's the overall verdict? Uh, I'd go with 2012 uh, just because of the scoring, I guess. And yet I noticed a, a stat where uh, Notre Dame has now held four opponents under – 250 yards in a game this year, and that hasn't been done since 2006. So even the 2012 team had a little bit more uh, give uh, in in that category. This year's defense is doing the same thing, but it's getting a lot of help from Ian Book in the offense. That that's true, but I I think in you know Tim, I'm a believer in the 2018 Irish, and that almost scares me. I I think uh, I think that this is a more complete team with weapons and depth than we had in 2012. I'm seeing just more of a team concept as opposed to individual stars on both sides of the ball and. And I, I guess uh, we'll see how things go this weekend uh, yeah, to see if they can pull I, I things. I guess I misunderstood you there, Phil. If you were looking for an overall evaluation, yeah, I would. I, I thought you were still talking defense. I mean, 2018, uh, just the completeness of this team on both sides of the ball, and then the balance of the offense uh, as as well. I, I yeah, I, I mean, I think the 2018 team is more complete and the better of the two teams. Okay, we agree on that. Now, rushing game overall had a hard time last week getting on a roll, and that that may have been in part responsible for getting three field goals instead of three touchdowns and four critical false start penalties. Tim, was that a step back for the offensive line? Um, I think it was. It's interesting. I have a story that I don't know that has appeared on our website yet, but it's about those false starts, which I asked Brian Kelly about what what other contributing factors there are because I mean every time a guy it's a false start and then the camera's on the sideline and you have the sour look on the face of the head coach upset with the offensive linemen that moved but there are are other factors including the running of tempo when you're when you have accelerated the pace of your offense the offensive line gets in a rhythm and expects the ball to be snapped at a very specific time um when you're running tempo, that can be an issue at times. Another issue is, uh, like, wide receivers misaligning. They line up on one side of the field, and then they have to adjust and move over to the other side of the field. Now you've disrupted the timing of the offensive line. Now, I don't know that that necessarily was Robert Hainsey's problem. He had three false starts, and Liam Eikenberg had one. But in today's world of tempo offense, 
it, it, it becomes a little bit more problematic for those offensive linemen to, to, to hold their water, so to speak. Well, the false start penalties were just uh, driving folks crazy, no doubt about that. But those are the type of mistakes that can be cleaned up, and I expect the Irish to do exactly that. And, and Tim, on the defensive side of the ball, a near shutout by the Irish, six sacks in the game. Syracuse held 41 points under their season average. How much of this, though, had to do with Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy maybe getting hurt in the first quarter and the and the whole thing just uh, kind of cascading around the uh, offense of Syracuse? A, a little bit. I mean, there's a reason why Eric Dungy's the starter. He's the more complete quarterback. He's the guy that's run for a lot of yards in his career. He has 32 rushing touchdowns. But I think over the course of that 60 minutes, you know, with Notre Dame's uh, pass rush just crashing down on the quarterback, they knew Tommy DeVito was less mobile than Eric Dungy, so that gave them some advantages as they progressed into the second half. You know, I mean, maybe Syracuse scores a touchdown because Eric Dungy stays with it and, and is a guy that can that is used to the ups and downs of the course of a game and, and can finally get things rolling for an offense. But uh, I don't think it in terms of the outcome or the decisiveness of the victory, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Well, I knew leading into the game that DeVito was a legit backup and had played really well earlier in the season. Uh, and, you know, in his first play he came in, he almost threw a long touchdown pass. So uh, I think the Irish were going to be effective no matter who was in there defensively. And a lot of that credit for that goes to a guy named Clark Lee. Clark Lee, a young guy, uh, never had been a coordinator after last season and the great success Notre Dame had had with Mike Elko, who went on to Texas A&M, uh, what did, why did Brian Kelly hire a guy with no experience to take over as his defensive coordinator? Well, I think Brian Kelly had the vision that Clark Lee has, the vision of a good defensive coordinator. You know, Rick Neuheisel has told the story of when, uh, when Clark Lee was his graduate assistant late in the season. He actually, to a large extent, became his coordinator. So. This is a guy that has a great vision. I can. I think we had talked about it early in the year, this summer, when 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 Clark Lee, you know, he he wasn't adamant about it, but he was. Uh, he did insist that you know it wasn't just Mike Elko's defense that uh, um, you know that carried the day for Notre Dame. Uh, Clark Lee helped contribute to the formation of that defense with Mike Elko at three previous stops. So, um, you know, I mean, this is a guy that's is wise beyond his years. He, I mean, you talked to a man, you talked to that Notre Dame defense last week, and, uh, you know, after the game, Drew Tranquil, uh, uh, Alohi Gilman, Julian Love, all talked about how prepared they were for anything that Syracuse threw at them that day. So, Clark Lee, you know, not only is the Notre Dame team getting better as the season progresses this November, but it sounds like Clark Lee's getting better himself. Well, and another Brian Kelly move of the many that he's made in the last two years that seems to have turned to gold. Uh, Tim, let's go to the ever-popular at this time of the year, college football playoff hypothetical. Tim, what happens if Notre Dame loses a close game this week? Are they out of the CFP? Uh, they're, they're not out, but let us I don't even really want to go there. I mean, that, that's... You know that. I mean, it, it depends upon what does Washington State do, what does Georgia do against Alabama. There's a lot of, there's so many var- variables. Oklahoma, West Virginia. There are a lot of variables involved here uh, that I don't think that. I mean, we we could we could talk about every possibility, but there are so many possibilities that uh, 
I think it's a little bit too much to consider. Notre Dame controls its own destiny. They're a heavy favorite against USC. There's absolutely no reason why Notre Dame shouldn't go to USC and win this weekend. Well, that's true, and uh, I don't I don't trust that process at all. And uh, they better win this weekend because it's going to be chaos if they don't. I'm afraid in that uh, final voting. Uh, Tim, one last one. Tough guys on this team, guys playing through injuries. You asked Brian Kelly this week who the tough guys are on this team and wrote about it in a in a really interesting article on irishillustrated.com. Talk about tough guys, and why does Indy seem to be having a lot of them this year? Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I think uh, I think Matt Bayless has a lot to do with that. I think Drew Tranquil's upbringing, <laughs> just the human being that he is, has a lot to do with that. He's the toughest of them all, probably. But uh, there's so many examples, and Brian Kelly's the one who brought up Ian Book. I mean, let's be real here. The guy had a broken river, too. Uh, and just had a week off in between and, and, and played the game and said he could have played, you know, in the game that they sat him against Florida State. Khaled Kareem, how many times have they scraped him off the turf uh, and taken him off the field and he's come back on? Cole Komet, uh, with, a, with a significant uh, high ankle sprain, missed just two games. Uh, Jafar Armstrong, he missed three games, I think, in a bye week was in there. But he had surgery from from an infection. So, I mean, really, when you look at this, and I had an opportunity to talk to Alex Bars the other day, Alex Bars is really the only significant uh, front-line starting player that has, you know, that that basically missed the season or missed the last half of the season. So going into game 12, you got a lot of toughness. You had a great preparation by the strength and conditioning coach. And, um, you know, it's just the right kind of mix. Look, when teams go undefeated, those are usually the teams that avoid a lot of the injuries. Uh, I mean, it tends to go hand-in-hand. And I think the the preparation to avoid injuries – was made uh, was made since the Citrus Bowl of last year. Yeah, Matt Bayless, uh, strength coach, big big influence, and I and I think the influence uh, of guys like Tranquil and what Komet have done it just kind of uh, rolls down to the rest of the team. They see those guys doing it, and everybody else does. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Star Bank. This is the 323rd edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine a light into my room. Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom. If it shine a little light into my room, all I want is some sunshine, sunshine. Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Bushies. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art, the Aspen Mortgage Team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. 
Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage Team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road. They make house calls. Phil, I can see why the Aspen Mortgage Team is so popular. Wait, what's the crowd chanting now? It's the Aspen phone number. For all your mortgage needs, 486-LOAN is the number to remember. Or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com. Aspen Mortgage, a proud supporter of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by Star Bank. With over 40 Indiana locations, Star is your local full-service bank. The ND-USC rivalry was played every year in late November in both South Bend and Los Angeles until 1959. That year, USC negotiated a move to October win at Notre Dame as a way of avoiding cold weather. Star Bank is celebrating its 75th anniversary and Star is here to serve you 7 to 7, Monday through Saturday. Visit a Star branch to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Coors Light, established in 1978 and born in the Rockies, where the only thing more refreshing than your current adventure is what's next. It's why Coors Light is lagered cold for a lighter, crisper taste. Filtered cold to ensure brilliance, clarity, and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve nothing less than the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light. 2018 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter. And in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results. And he'll do it with a friendly personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479. Or visit him on the web at danschneiderhomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. At Star Bank, we offer checking, savings, mortgage, small business, commercial banking, private banking, and wealth management, as well as insurance products to help Hoosiers reach their financial goals. Plus, with online banking and our mobile banking app, you can enjoy the convenience of banking wherever you are. Stop by a Star branch today to switch to Star. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish play at USC this week. TV coverage on ABC starts at 8 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero brought to you by the Marina at Lake Age. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, Vanquish Runabouts, and JC Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And today we continue our great quarterbacks of the last 60 years series. Through 12 week, here's who we have. John Hewitt, Terry Hanratty, Joe Theismann, Tom Clements, Joe Montana, Steve Bierlein, Tony Rice, Rick Meyer, Kevin McDougal, Ron Paulus, Brady Quinn, and last week, Jimmy Clausen. All great names, and we are now getting pretty close to the present. So Tim, here's another guy that we have covered together. 
And I know this one might be a little controversial, but let's talk about him. Tommy Reese. Bit slow afoot, prone to the interception, but a kid that seemed to understand his limitations and therefore got the most out of his talent. Originally from Los Angeles, Reese grew up in suburban Chicago. A coach's kid, Bill Reese, his father, coached football at UCLA and Northwestern. A three-star recruit out of high school, Reese saw substantial action as a freshman in 2010, Brian Kelly's first season, and then took over as the starter when Dane Chris suffered a season-ending injury in the ninth game of that year. Reese took advantage of the opportunity and led the Irish to four straight wins to finish out that season, including a 33-17 win over Miami in the Sun Bowl. He went on to have perhaps his best season statistically in 2011 with 20 touchdown passes and a 65.5% completion percentage. Nonetheless, Everett Golson took over as the starting quarterback in 2012. But in fact, Reese was called upon several times that season to bail the Irish during an undefeated year. Then, when Everett Golson was not eligible for the 2013 season, Reese reclaimed his starting role and threw for 2,938 yards and 27 touchdowns and produced his second bowl win against Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Tim, Brian Kelly thought so much of Tommy Reese that last year he made him his quarterback's coach. And by all accounts, Reese has done a really good job. I think he's done a great job. And I, and I know a lot of people objected to him being named quarterback's coach, and I I've said it before, and I, I stand by it. It was because a lot of people didn't like the way he played the quarterback position. But in terms of knowledge of, of system and knowledge of of uh, defensive coverages and what he was looking at, he's he's as good as I've seen at Notre Dame, which is why he's an excellent choice as the quarterback's coach. His dad was a coach. He learned the game in an early age. Uh, him going through what he did at Notre Dame, I think he's the perfect guy for Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, while a lot of people want to blame him for Brandon Wimbush's lack of development, uh, he certainly deserves the credit for the development uh, or, or assisting in the development of Ian Book. No doubt about it. Uh, but that coaching resume of his is actually rather short, so he's he's done well with that. After a short stint as a player with the Washington Redskins, Reese started his coaching career in 2015, worked as a GA at Northwestern, then spent a year with the San Diego Chargers, before returning last year to South Bend. Tommy Reese, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Tim, USC is 5-6. and six. They have lost two straight and four of their last five. The Trojans are coming off a 34-27 loss to UCLA last week. In that game, they gave up 289 yards in rushing to Bruin running back Joshua Kelly. That is the most yards ever gained by a back in the history of the USC-UCLA series. Oh, by the way, UCLA is a three-win team this year. USC was a preseason top 15 team, and through the first half, they were pretty competitive. But in the last six weeks, their season has gone south. Easily their most impressive victory was back in Week 4 when they handed Washington State their only loss on the year 39-36. to Head coach Clay Helton, in his third season as head coach, is on thin ice. In fact, he may be coaching his last game at SC. The Trojans are tilted towards the pass, 
but they don't run or pass particularly well. They are 93rd in the country in total offense and 110th in red zone efficiency. Freshman JT Daniels is a 59% passer who has thrown 13 touchdown passes against 10 interceptions. He rarely runs the football, but has a great arm and can throw the long ball. His top target has been 6'4 junior Michael Pittman Jr., who has 34 catches, good for 667 yards and six touchdowns. Sophomore Tyler Vaughn is another threat. He has 40 catches and five TDs. Aka Cedric Ware is the leading rusher with 757 yards and six TDs, but he's dealing with a shoulder injury. If he can't go, look for Vave Malpe and Stephen Carr to pick up that slack. Those two have combined for nine touchdowns on the year. Defensively, the Trojans have been a little more impressive, but not much. 56th overall in total defense. They are giving up a lot of rushing yards, 168 a game. Linebacker Cameron Smith is talented, but this defense is having a tough time getting off the field on third down and with stopping teams in the red zone. And the Trojans have a hard time scoring in the second half of games. They fumble a lot and commit lots of penalties. Tim Wynn would get them bowl eligible, but the Trojans kind of remind me of Florida State. They just have that look of being in disarray. So I'm not sure that getting to a low-tier bowl is much of a motivator. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? I do not see this UFC team being in a position to score many points against Notre Dame. Uh, The only way they do it is something happens on special teams, so obviously Notre Dame has to be tight there. I think the main thing is don't give up the deep ball because USC is not, again, they're not an an offense that's going to put together 12-play 80-yard drives. They're too mistake-prone. To do something like that. So, um, you know, check the deep ball. Tyler Tyler Vaughn's is excellent. Uh, Amon Rod St. Brown is is uh, is a talented freshman. And you mentioned Michael Pittman, who's having a strong year. But don't give up the deep, deep ball. Keep the football in front of you. USC's not going to be able to outscore Notre Dame. Okay, don't give up big plays. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, in accordance with that, I mean, big big games require big-time players to step forward, and this guy does it on a regular basis. And they need he needs to do it one more time in a big game to go to 12-0. and I'm talking about Julian Love, who's been great all year. His ability to play the pass consistently is incredible. Uh, the number of passes defensed and passes broken up, he's blown that record out of the water at Notre Dame. I'm saying Julian Love, don't let Tyler Vaughns get beyond you in Notre Dame's 12-0 and and going to the playoffs. Okay, well, the key guy in not giving up big plays could well be Julian Love, and that is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 19 northern Indiana locations. Tim, how do the Irish stand health-wise heading into the regular season finale? There's nobody that really stands out. I know that uh, Drew Tranquil had difficulty getting through that game healthy enough against uh, against Syracuse, but he's fine. I mean, we met with all the key players uh, on Wednesday, and usually if somebody has an issue, they're not meeting with the media in the middle of the week. So, I, you know, going into week 12, we talked about it earlier, Alex Bars being the only real starter from the beginning of the season that is out, uh, they're ready to roll against USC. Myron Tagliavola Mosa is now practicing, is that correct? Uh, conditioning. I don't know that I would go so far as to say practicing. 
I think he would be ready for uh, for a playoff game or a bowl game. Okay, thank you, Matt Bayless. Uh, thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas has the Irish favored by 11 uh, as of last time I checked over the Trojans. That line opened up at 8.5 points. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, as mentioned previously, I don't see USC being able to score a whole lot of points. I think they're in the, you know, I don't know, 13 to 17 range. Um, I, I know Notre Dame will be focused. It's not a matter of that. But I just, you know, you stack one game upon another. We've talked about the road uh, the road that they've been on, five of the last seven games on the road. I just think maybe they're not quite as sharp as they normally are but it's enough to defeat uh, USC. I have Notre Dame 31, USC 13. Notre Dame 31, USC 13. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrator prediction. Tim, I really like the way the Irish have played on the road this year, and I expect them uh, to keep that trend intact this week. Uh, Think the Florida State game, but with a healthy Ian Book. Notre Dame 38, USC 16. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.